Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Celtic State of Mind, I'm Paul John Dykes and this afternoon I'm joined by Peter McGarkey we are talking Celtic 2 St Mirren 2, well Peter, at half time we were a bit despondent, we were looking at quite a few negatives and we were hoping that someone could grab the game by the scruff of the neck, uh, we did do that but we couldn't get the win it was all Celtic pressure but um, not the most memorable of games was it? No, to be honest, I thought we could have been a bit Three or four one down. Uh, Curtis Bain is a chance at the back post. He hits the post. Um, I, a very, very underwhelming, underwhelming performance. Um, so we but uh, something for Ange to think about. Uh, and it's a wonder. You wonder where these performance of uh, performances have come from. Mm-hmm. You know, after um, winning the league convincingly, and then we sort of really just took a nosedive and tapered off with the intensity. And the the style of playing it was very difficult to watch. Um, I we we salvaged a a draw, but to be honest, I don't think you could complain if um, somebody won that game. You're right about Curtis Men. I mean, I don't know. Someone in the comments might be able to tell me the last time a player scored four goals against Celtic. It was probably a while ago uh, domestically. I remember Frank McDougall doing it on one occasion, and. Um, Main had the chances to do it, and when he's hitting the post and he's winning headers at the back post, he should do a lot better with that, actually. And the very fact that he's going off the park at the end of the game there, where he's, uh, you know, his head in his hands, it's because he scored a couple of goals, but he should have done so much better. But a big part of that, not only down to his harrying and the, the physical presence he's got, I just don't think we contained him well enough. And I'm looking at this game and last week's game, we know... We knew that Carter Vickers, after we we um, clinched the title at Tynecastle, we knew he was going to go for that operation, Peter. So you're looking at that and thinking, right, what's our options here? And the instant um, kind of player you would have gone to was Kobayashi because he's came over uh, with pedigree. He's a player that's been identified by Ange. You're thinking to yourself, he's a natural uh, replacement for Carter Vickers. And against Hearts and against uh, Rangers, he's not been great. Right, so then you think, well, what's the other options? A water, and we try a water. And today, and he's a player, by the way, that I really fancy. I think he's very good in the midfield. I would have played him from the start against Rangers last week, and I'm not convinced about him as a centre half. I mean, the only other option we've got, um, who is nowhere near it at the moment, and I was actually being told last week he's no fit, is Stephen Welsh. So it's between a water 
and Kobayashi, really, for the cup final. Um, what do you make of that? Because obviously Starfield is the main man at the moment in the centre of the defence. We're going to have to play one of them, Kobayashi or Iwata. On today's evidence, it's not Iwata, is it? No, no, he's a, he's a midfielder. Um, and it's, I don't think it's his fault that he's been thrown in there. He didn't maybe cover himself in glory in, in certain aspects of the game, but he's he's been thrown into a centre-half position that he's not played in all season. He's For, for what we know, he's a midfielder. And uh, I think if you have got a good centre-back pairing behind him and he can just sweep up and maybe drop into like a three, then he's a better player in there. And then let the uh, the centre halves, you know, attack the ball and and then and try and win. He can win the second balls and stuff. So I I, I think um, it's funny when you think um, if if Morris Jens was still here, you'd be like, I would take Jens in front of that. But but when Jens was here, I didn't think he was the answer as well. So I, know. I think there's an improvement to uh, to be made in this position. Um, and I know it sounds like you're you're uh, you're being reactive. And things like that, but you can only go with what you see. And if you're not seeing the quality, because if Carter, we're not what a one man team. If Carter Vickers is out, we should still have enough in that team. And we, and, and that's not enough to drop the quality the way it's been dropped and the way we've been passing and playing and stuff like that's not down to one guy in the defence. But um, I so I think it'll be a very interesting summer because I think we'll get to know where. Uh, the board wants to go and where Ange wants to go and if there is big changes then you can see it and I'm not averse to seeing uh, seeing p- uh, players leave even if they've been here for you know one season because I think that's generally what he's looking to do he's probably looking to bring in people for like 18 months to uh, two years and then move them on <laughs> so and he's no scared to admit if he's wrong now I'm not going to say that Kobayashi is not going to be a good player or anything and I would play him in the cup final because I think he's more of a centre half mm-hmm. um, than Iwata so I think and that's what's disappointing about the day you think well why didn't you play him you need to get legs uh, minutes in his legs yeah. as well as um, you know if Taylor's maybe got a niggling injury or anything like that you need to get Burnaby playing as well because you need to get these pe- uh, players um, game time in the legs for if they have to come in and play the cup final. Um, so you, you know start. this, right? There was a point during the week, and I'm going to credit Jim Orr with the point. Apologies if it was someone else. And we we're talking about how you're looking at certain players in the team, Peter, that are irreplaceable. Cat Vickers, absolutely. Another one that's been mentioned all season has been McGregor. But Jim made the point that Cat Vickers has is um, out the team, and we've not functioned the same way. Callum McGregor was at the team. Matt O'Reilly slotted in really nicely into his position. And I'm not writing off McGregor, by the way. I know his importance. But what I'm trying to do is highlight the importance of Carter Vickers uh, rather than demean any importance of Callum McGregor. And there was a point at half time we made regarding match fitness versus Ange fitness, which seems to be a couple of levels below. And when the whole team aren't firing on all the cylinders, um, then you can actually see it. And I think we see the, the tempo until we actually made the substitutions in the second half, was really flat again like it was against Rangers. But the point I'm making is I agree with you. I think Kobayashi has to play. He's the guy that has to play. We've got two forced changes. Carter Vickers and Johnson are out. So what I would be doing is I would be playing Starfield and Taylor. Absolutely. Every single game because that, they are your building blocks. And then the other two, Ralston, who I think played better today than he did last week. And then the other centre-half isn't Iwata, it's Kobayashi for me. Now, 
when we talk about Ange fitness and, and getting up to that Ange fit kind of level, how do you expect Kobayashi to do that in two games? He plays against Hearts, he plays against Ritten, and then we drop him. So I, I think we revert back to Kobayashi for the remainder of the league campaign. We try and get that understanding built with him and Starfield to get us through the, the Scottish Cup final and uh, towards that treble. And I think today is basically, today and last week has uh, made that pretty clear for me. Kobayashi was poor last week. Um, I think he was directly, um, you know, responsible for the first two goals and indirectly um, involved in the loss of the third goal. He could have done better with his covering back for, for Joe Hart. Um, but with all that said, I do think that you've got to work on that partnership between him and Starfield and, and look ahead to the cup final. I'm not writing a watt off because I still think he's a really, really good midfield player. And I think his future is a, is a defensive mid, a number six, a pivot, whatever way you want to describe that. I'm keen to get people's um, thoughts on the game. Uh, good, bad and indifferent. Bring them on. Personal Jesus, good to see you. A shambles, says Personal Jesus. Our defence made Curtis Main look like Didier Drogba. He did look pretty good today, I've got to say. Uh, Joe lacks heart, in my opinion. He's certainly no Fraser Foster. Um, we, we did talk about Joe Hart. And whilst I don't want to throw anybody under the bus and I don't want to throw the baby out with the bathwater and all this kind of stuff, every time Joe Hart's name gets mentioned and the fact that we could potentially be looking for an upgrade, a lot of people completely disagree with that. We've seen Danielle at halftime, you know, not scared to be vocal about Joe Hart um, because I think that, um, you know, with, with regards to the way he was parrying balls and punching balls unnecessarily in the first half, I think that was an issue against Rangers as well. I just want him to be more commanding, Peter. And the point you made at halftime is right. We know he can be. We've seen him doing it. But even in that second half, I'm not seeing him being a commanding presence. I thought he had uh, super glue in his uh, boots. I thought he was stuck to his line. I was like, every time get the, the ball just get lumped into the box, he was just not coming out. There was a ball that he played back out of the St. Mirren right back and he's whipped a ball in, I think. In past times, Joe Hart just going to come out uh, onto the centre circle and just smother that. Yeah. But he lets it go across the goal, you know, uh, causes a bit of havoc in the in the defence. And I think when you've not got a commanding goalkeeper, it really, really bleeds into the defence. And if you've and if you've got a, a weaker defence, then it just sort of compounds the compounds the problem. Um, I and I was looking at even sometimes when uh, St Mirren clearly didn't have anybody up front that were just lumping the ball up to clear it. I want Joe Hart to be right up. Uh, you know, on the halfway line, starting the attack. Um, with Joe Hart, um, he's somebody that I've... There was always sort of slight questions of, even when he was playing well, you're thinking, do you need to upgrade uh, in that position just because of his age and stuff? Yeah. And I think when he when he's having sort of weaker performances, you have to really, really look at that position because I think this team, you want to be young, dynamic, play a certain style of football... And you think if you have a goalkeeper in there that's really good with the ball at his feet, commanding, comes out, can maybe short stop, that's a really important position. And if you maybe take um, some of the money that we all have in the summer and really look to strengthen that with a quality goalkeeper, then how much better a team will you be? Because he's uh, such an important position in the team that he starts starts attacks, can come out, sort of sweeper keeper, can... Um, can stop attacks at, at the source and stuff. So, um, I he's not infallible and I, he's done a great job. And but you have to think: Are we going into next season? Will we be happy enough with Joe Hart? And these type of performances, um, you, you, 
it really brings that it sort of sheds a light on like his age and stuff. That's what you really start questioning. You know this the question in the, the WhatsApp group, which um, I beg during the uh, OVO event the other night, the Hydro event the other night with Bruni and Lustig, when it was announced that that uh, Bain had been given his new contract. I said, you know, going into a big game next season, be that a Champions League game, game against Rangers, a cup game, and uh, Joe Hart pulls up at training or cuts himself on glass in the goal mouth at Ibrox, whatever happens, and he gets injured and they can't play. Are you confident with, with Scott Bain? And my answer is no. No, I, I'm, I'm absolutely not. If Scott Bain was played today, uh, or against Hibs or against Aberdeen, in the circumstances where we've already won the league, you, you're, you're not really batting an eyelid about that, Peter, but going into these big games, you want top class goalkeeping and if we if we just use that as an example like we were talking about this before the game about having a surplus of players um, loads of players out on loan people not contributing and then turning uh, that into quality so if you just look at the goalkeeper scenario uh, when you've got the six keepers here now I'm, I'm still including Connor Hazard because he's still on the books until the end of the month he's still on a wage till the end of the month which is my point so just mm-hmm. now you've got Joe Hart who stays you've got Scott Bain who's just been given a new contract if you look at the other four, you've got Barkas, who's on big money, um, supposedly 15 grand a week. Um, you've got Hazard, who was given a, a really, really good deal after his heroics in the, the fourth Scottish Cup final, the, the quadruple treble Scottish Cup final, where he saved two penalties. He was handed a contract. Uh, we mm. should know better to, to hand contracts out in the shower and at Hamden, but he was. Um, so he'll be on decent money. I mean, I'm not saying he's going to be on the same money as Barkas. But uh, you then look at Seagrist. We brought him in from Dundee United. So he'll be on probably the, the same kind of wage as, as Hazard. And then Oli Yemi will be on a lesser wage due to his age, etc. But what I would rather is get rid of the three or four goalies and have one goalie and invest in that one keeper and give him all those wages and make sure that that keeper is going to be challenging um, Joe Hart. And that that's the kind of view that I would have on it. And I know there's an argument there, Peter, to say, well, what does that do to your wage structure? Well, we've got big earners at the club. We've had big earners in the past. That's the reason, I think, one of the reasons that Roger and, and Beaton were allowed to go. You know, they had actually been at the club for so long that, you know, a, a couple of deals down the line, their contract's really quite high. They're two of the better paid players at the club. So we can play, we can pay players 28, 30 grand a week. We can do that. Uh, obviously, that's the top kind of, the top earners. But I would much rather that than have six goalies on the book, you know, on the books. I'd much rather that than have a plethora of uh, midfielders who we have to loan out or loads of wingers that we need to, you know, just get rid of them all. Get rid of them all and and bring in one player of quality in Mm. each of these positions. And once you've got the four or the five players that that you're bringing in and you've offloaded as much as 14, we've done it in transfer windows before. You know, if you look at the transfer window when Ange comes in, we offload a hell of a lot of players. And we do that historically. So that's my take on Joe Hart. I'm not ready to write him off. I think he should be doing better, but I also want him to be challenged. Who's challenging mm-hmm. him just now, Peter? If he has a bad game, he's not going to get dropped for the cup final, is he? So, no. you know, he's not being challenged. And I think we need to do that. Um, a few other players I want to mention. At halftime, I think it was after the, the actual halftime bulletin, we said ah, we need McGregor to step up now because actually he's the worst of the three defenders in the first half. I don't think we said it in the bulletin. Um, and he's the guy that grabs the game by the scruff of the neck, scores the goal. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was reminiscent for me of the Aberdeen goal up at Petordre mm-hmm. where he's really you know, taking his time, got the angle, got the space. Um, he's been set up on this occasion by Abada and he done what you would expect from Callum. Uh, but I think that that shows that you know, even when he's having a bad game, Peter, he doesn't hide, does he? 
No, no. Uh, like um, when when you look at these players that yeah, you've got so much confidence in, they've got a lot of uh, credit in the bank with you. You, you forgive them uh, certain performances. Obviously, he started off with a few slack passes, but I don't think it was particularly bad. Um, it just started. He uh, just got higher a high standard that we're sort of used to. Like I said, I said a while back, I said he's, he goes under the radar, probably has like seven, eight out of ten games every week. So when he maybe drops just that slight bit, maybe a few under hit passes, over hit passes, you sort of notice it. But mm-hmm. uh, he's, um, he's always good for a goal. And it, was, it used to be like that before he got moved into that sort of sitting midfielder um, spot. He was always good at breaking forward. And that's what I think we hope when we brought like a... A Wata and we were hoping maybe could he sit and then let McGregor uh, get forward. But I think in the overall performance, um, uh, it did well. It got us back into it and I thought we would probably go on and uh, maybe sneak a win. But um, I think there was just too much breakdown of communication with certain players. I don't think the movement was good enough. I think a lot of players were getting it, playing the safe pass, um, not a lot of players were making runs off the back of people just to try and try and drag people out of space and things like that. Things that you're used to Celtic doing because it's just generally with Celtic playing, it's just like eleven players just constantly moving, constantly mm-hmm. dragging players out of position. And I think um, I just don't think it happened enough. And uh, I think it got there was just a wee bit of a lack of quality in the final third. Um, when it came to certain certain uh, situations that we had, um, when I think back in the game, I don't think we really tested the keeper too much. To be honest, it was Kugo no. with a very quiet game. But again, he relies on um, on service, and there was absolutely nothing coming in. So uh, I was a diff- very difficult game to watch. But again, it's one of the ones where you think there's not much on it. But it's a funny situation we're in with this cup final. Um, I know. I know. Is it's like if we if we were out like the cup, you would be like, right, well let's just um play players that haven't had a game the last few games, get them get them um embedded in the team for next season. But when you still get this cup final to play, and I, I get it, a lot of people I've talked to some people and they say, Don't be silly. Um they have written uh, Inverness off the like the the league below will have too much quality for them. I get that, but the way I think is you can't take these things for granted because You'll do that at your peril, and you if you if you lost that game because we have uh, Inverness in the past have been a bogey team for us, so um, you just can't take any of these uh, games for granted. You want to you want to go in and you want to really show a good performance. And if we have another two games like this, let's say maybe get beat, maybe draw, we are bad. Uh, you know, poor performances, uh, players out of form and stuff. Uh, you're going to be a wee bit nervous going into Hampton in that uh, in that last day of the season. Yeah, yeah. Then when, when I travel, you're speaking a language of IH decorating. Who says we look absolutely spent? Anyone thinking a treble is a formality needs to think again. And um, you know, some of the guys have played a lot of football and have played at a really intense level all season for Ange Postecoglou. And one of the players that uh, we spoke about at halftime, we are, I, I think he is off form. I think it's it's fair to say that he's not. Um, hitting the peak of his form and the peak of his powers is Rio Atati. He's a guy that you would look at normally to be the game changer, to orchestrate the, the pace of a match, to be able to use his range of passing, to pickpocket a, a tight defence like the St Mirren one. I don't think he did it, albeit he gets an assist for Kyogo's goal. 
I feel sorry for Kyogo. We barely spoke about his goal at halftime, by the way. We were so disappointed that we were 2-1 down. We need to speak about his goal. So mm-hmm. Atata, comes off, Atata comes off with a with an assist today, but I, I really don't think that he's up to his optimum at the moment. Is it really just down to what we were speaking about before, where you've got a guy like Moy that once he gets to that point, he's he's really firing, and then if he, he drops out for a couple of weeks, it's you know it's a case of building him back up. Is that what Andrew's doing with Hatati just now for the cup final, getting him back up to that optimum performance? I think remember when he first came in and he, he sort of burst onto the scene, and then towards the end of uh, the first season he was here, he was honestly terrible like it, it really took a nosedive like it was brilliant when he first came in but the fitness I remember he was playing against Rangers at Ibrox I think and somebody just sprinted by him and he just looked like he was running in treacle he just could not move and I was like right get him a get him a pre-season um get him up to speed and we'll see the sort of real player that is going to be in that and that was this season mm-hmm. and um up until he got his injury it was it was up there for player of the year player of the year um I just think with that injury and the time out, it's really sort of set him back. And I think he's the type of player it's like he likes to manage his body and things like that. So whether it's mental as well, maybe he's not busting into sprints, maybe he's just that 10%, just, uh, you know, pulling out of tackles, things like that, um, and the match sharpness that he needs. Mm-hmm. I, because he's the type of guy that you would look at. He was the he was one of the top three players in the team in the middle. You'd be like, right, He's going to he's going to turn the game. He'll create an assist, and he's still he's still done that today. But it just uh, it just seems a wee bit off it. And uh, yeah. I think he's I think. And if you want to get him in the cup final, you need to keep playing him. I think he's the type of player that just will um, need to get keep getting played to to get back up to sharpness. I agree with that. I, I do agree, and I think that uh, even though I was. Um, you know, saying a pretty vocal about uh, Awata playing against Rangers, it, it was simply because I think we'd seen a really, really good performance by Awata in the three-two game against Rangers mm-hmm. at Celtic Park. Um, I do believe that the best trio in the midfield is the three that started today. I thought O'Reilly played pretty well today. I mean, I, I don't have any gripes about O'Reilly. Uh, I wasn't surprised when he came off because he does tend to get you know tired at that period of the game mm-hmm. um, and you know when he did come off and when the others came off I think we've seen a completely change a, a complete change in the intensity that we we were playing it and uh, I think in the last 15-20 minutes we saw the Celtic we, we were hoping to see after the, the halftime break Peter and um, the one player I would uh, pinpoint I thought Abada uh, showed a lot of intent but the one player I would pinpoint is O I think O came on and, and done really well I know you were standing up for him earlier on it was interesting to see him and Kyogo on the park at the same time I think we've only seen that once maybe twice in the past so far uh, and in particular that turn and shot that he had and that was just on the back of main hitting the post for St Mirren he was just full of intent I, I like I like oh, I've said it before mm-hmm. I really do uh, like him he crafted that chance out of nothing today he had a really guilty chance chance against Rangers but he put himself in the position and uh, that dink you know it, it didn't go in but today I was impressed and I, I think it's important to go back on the point you made let's not write him off so soon no, for me is uh, I can't. I, I'm sort of shocked that anybody's trying to write them off. If you're looking at three players, uh, let's say that were questioned at uh, Ibrox, and it was uh, Kobayashi, Bernabe, and O. Mm-hmm. O for me is like the untouchable one out of them. I, I think he's just come into the team even later than Kobayashi because Kobayashi was here in like October, I think we had signed him, and he was training. He yeah. just couldn't play until till January. So he's had a good maybe three 
three months longer than um, than O. And I think um, I just think with his attributes, and he's going to cause a lot of people trouble. I, I think there's a lot to come for him. I just don't like these bit part uh, games that he's getting. These mm. fifteen minutes here and there. At, and, and goals change people's uh, confidence. And I think you need to give him a couple of... Like, I thought it was a great opportunity the last five, four or five games of the season, uh, post-split, to, to play him in just about every game. Obviously, let Kyogo come on for 20 minutes at the end to keep his sharpness up. But I think you want to give uh, O, like, the majority of the starts. Because he needs... It, these bit part um, performances, is he comes on and he does well. And then you're like, and then he doesn't get played this, the next game, and then he'll maybe come on for ten minutes and do well again. And you're like, that's just no long enough, in my opinion. And if you're going to play him in the Rangers game, why not play him today? Why not play him next week? You have to keep give somebody a, a, a run of games, especially a striker. Um, so I and I thought he did really well today. Sort of put his cell about good, good turn and shot, and he's a presence up mm. top, something mm-hmm. that you've not got free um, free Kyogo. Uh, and you can see he attracts defenders, and he really gets himself in a bit. So I'm I'm really excited by him. I think he'll be, I think he'll be fine. To be honest, when we made the changes, and uh, I think he was a big part of this, we looked far more likely to score. I know we had all the possession. Uh, the possession stats all shows that. But you know, we've played games and we played teams so often in the past, Peter. We were just you're watching it, thinking we're never going to score. We could play. Two ninety minutes and we're not going to score. I think that changed with the substitution. And always a big part of that. The only two games I think you can pinpoint to say that you know he wasn't at his best or he was questionable. He came on against Kilmarnock when we were flying. You know um, we really were flying. Twenty seven of the best minutes of the season. Uh, we even we even were able to miss a penalty and laugh at it because Kugo was smiling after he missed it. Um, and there was a lot riding on that on a personal level for him because obviously he's international manager. Jurgen Klinsmann was at Rugby Park watching him. I don't think he played that well. I don't think it was it was his natural game. He was trying too hard to impress. And then against Rangers, you're going to look at that miss and you and you're going to look at that and say, well, if we pull that go back at that time it's a different game um, but you know like you say there I, I do think that there is something about Angie's team where you need to get a run of games and he's not really had that yet he, he, you know since he came to the club he's not really had that run of games it's difficult with Kyogo um, I know it's not all about personal individual accolades but he scores his 31st goal today what a finish by the way absolutely superb and I said a few weeks back that um, if he was to score over if he was to score 32 or more goals, he'd be just the third player in the last 20 years to do so. Which, uh, sorry, he would be the fourth player. Henrik Larson, and Moussa Dembele and Lee Griffiths being the other three. So mm. he would be entering um, quite a list. And I think that, yeah, you're right about the, the physical aspect of Kyogo, but what he does bring to the, the party is um, his work rate is... is Superb. He, he, you know, there's a lot of that. People say he's not in the game a lot, but his his work off the ball is creating space for others. He's pulling defenders all over the the top line, and he is very good at coming back and winning the ball. Now that is one of the best um, attributes I think of Maeda. But I've got to say today, you know, and I'm I was screaming for Maeda to start at Ibrox last week. I thought he was really poor today. Very frustrating performance that he that he gave us to the point where it wouldn't surprise me now. If uh, we go Jota on the left and a bad on the right for a few weeks, I know it just seems like we're going to start chopping and changing every two minutes these last few games. I mean, even you say Maeda's poor, and I completely agree he was he was poor. And I've seen tons of him uh, 
tons of games like that for him. But again, if we were to play Rangers uh, tomorrow, I would put him back in. It's just there's just things that it gives you in certain games against certain op- uh, opposition. But when it's like games like that, when you're when you're really counting somebody going by someone, he really struggles. And when he does get by them, invariably the big left foot comes out and it's about 29 feet <laughs> the crossbar. Yeah, it just uh, yeah, I exactly. And like I just went, it's so typical because I've seen him do it so so many times. I've seen him struggle to get by someone, and when he does get by him, I rush of blood to the head and a poor delivery. And that's the that's the slight that everybody's got on Maeda. It's it's this fifty fifty of uh, the quality. How much quality does it have going forward? V how much quality does it does he give to the team by helping defending and getting back in and and winning the ball in good situations? So uh, it's one of them. Um, I would probably. Uh, I don't know what uh, Andrew do. Uh, it's an interesting one because um, he's obviously tinkering with some mm. uh, some players, and he's well, whether that's with a view to the summer or people that he maybe made his mind up on. Um, it was a because when I seen the the team uh, today, I was like, this is unusual because. I don't think anybody expected. I didn't expect Taylor to come back, and I certainly didn't expect uh, Awata to play in centre centre back. So, I wonder. I, re- I really don't know what he's thinking. Uh, is in what he's planning for the next few games because, um, and then I'm thinking, you know, it might these these might benefit us these games in the long term. We might moan about them just now and what he's doing, but he'll be learning from them. He'll be getting mm-hmm. gauging players and. Uh, seeing things he likes, things he doesn't like. So we might look back on this maybe, you know, in next season or if we're successful next season and say when we get beat at Ibrooks or we, when we drew at St Mirren, that's when he was sort of looking at these type of players and that's when we moved some people on or, or played people in different positions and stuff. So it might bear fruit in the long run. Yeah, we could be learning lessons all the time. I mean, Maeda, for me, you had that wee bit to his game, the clinical finishing aspect. Mm-hmm. I mean, we saw it today, back post. He's got to score. Uh, we've seen it against Real Madrid. Actually, in the League Cup, he gets a he gets a pass by um, missing the shot because, obviously, it went on to Kilgo and he scored behind him. But he has been known to do that. And I know exactly what you mean with regards to that that cross where he, he beats his man and then the ball just goes mm-hmm. into the you know into the ether. And he did that again today. Uh, big fan, big fan of Maeda, and like you say, I totally agree with that. If we're playing Rangers next week, I'd play him. That's just the, that's just the kind of player that he is. Um, Irishman in Porto, greetings from Boa Vista's ground. This is brilliant. You're watching Axom and you're in Boa Vista's ground. Super. Mm-hmm. My stream uh, kept freezing, so had I've had to resort to refreshing the phone. So saw around five minutes of the second half. Was it any better than the first? I would say marginally, yes, it was. Um, and I think particularly after the substitutes, the, there was an increase in intensity, um, directness. There was a period of that game where I'm thinking to myself, is it a David Turnbull game? Do you bring David Turnbull on for you know that long-range effort that, that he often can do? O'Reilly tried it a few times. Jota, who I thought was our most creative player today, tried it a few times as well, but we just couldn't break them down. Eventually, uh, we did get the goal, but it was uh, a 2-2 draw and not the 3-2 or the 4-2 that we were hoping for at half-time. Um, now, I'm going to bring this up. I'm going to bring this up because this is about not you know, having a knee-jerk reaction. Um, Bohied Bob, welcome to the show. If the season continues to fizzle out at the end and we do not win the treble, do you have to second-guess, give an Ange an extended contract? No, I'd give him the extended contract. He's done enough 
to prove that he, his recruitment, everything about him, the, the culture, the mentality, the philosophy, the style of play that Andrew's brought to this football club would result in me giving him an extended contract. No matter what happens today, last week, or even in the final, would change that for me. I think that um, he's been sensational since he came to Celtic. And by the way, I agree with I it's decorating, and I agree with what you said earlier, Peter. Last couple of weeks, maybe a wee reminder um, about the Scottish Cup final, a wee reminder to say, listen, we need to be at our best. It doesn't matter if this team is a league below us. We need to be at our best that day. So, no, I don't think it changes uh, anything about Ange and the future. I think that this is a more of a, a long-term vision, and Ange is definitely the man for the job as well, Peter. Um, do you agree with that? Oh, 100%. Of course, um, he's given us more than we ever thought he would give us uh, up to this point. We're in the brink. We won the league in the first season. We probably didn't think we were going to win it. I think most Celtic fans in the first season thought, you know, if we can get within four or five points uh, of Rangers, well, that's what I was thinking because the gap was in, in points was uh, really big and we had a really big um, rebuilding job in our hands. And then he won it. He won the double and uh, he's putting us in one game for a treble. So, listen, he's gave us so many good days that I would, I would... When we've seen that picture of uh, Dermot Desmond, I'd love him to get signed up for a, a few years. But again, I just said about contracts, they don't mean anything. They don't really because, uh, you know, if a, if, a, if a club wants a manager and they're willing to pay for him, it doesn't matter what contract he's under. Um, but I just think he should be rewarded for his, his work. And um, I just hope that the board's on, on board with him and his vision that, of what he wants to do because I think we... Um, we had an opportunity with Rogers uh, to go and strengthen and, and do what possibly Ange wants to do, and it's like progressively get get better players, sell sell older players, or, or sell for a profit, bring in that marginally better player, uh, higher quality player. You go from a you know a two million pound player to bringing a five million pound player in. You, you sell the five million pound, you bring maybe a eight. Million, do you know what I mean? Progressively over the next two to three years, and it's a huge opportunity. And I think you you've got lucky to a certain extent. You've got you missed out on Eddie how you got Ange, and it's sort of fallen into your lap. This this type of manager and what he wants to do, and the way he's revolutionised the club and got the fan base back on board. The club, uh, the board should look at that and go. Do you know what? He's worth investing in. We we need to go with this because this guy knows what he's doing. Yeah. So I would hope that they um, that they see the the they see the vision, they see the plan that that he wants to um, implement, and uh, he wants to improve in Europe and wants to buy players, sell them, and bring in a, a higher quality. And the board really need to get on board with that. And that's that's I think why some people are concerned about people like Scott Bain and things like that. You know, are we are revert are we reverting to type? That's what we've done in the past, and it's it's no got us anywhere. Um, so I think we need to, uh, we need to change our mindsets, and I think the fans have got on board with that. We we we've changed our mindset. We are no we're no um, we're willing to let players go because we've seen what he can bring in. So the board have to go, uh, get behind them, and um, I would love to see him uh, you know sign a three four year contract uh, just to secure him with the club. And I actually think there's a lot of talk about him, you know, uh, links to him leaving here, there and everywhere. But I, I think he wants to do something special. And that's probably naive or whatever you can call it because I'm a Celtic fan and I see through green uh, tinted specs. But I think he does want to take a, you know, 
a, a smaller club in regards to like Europe and actually you know make an impact and that will show that would actually really show how good he is. I think so. It's about a legacy. We've seen some players. We've heard some players talking about that. You want to leave a legacy. You want to win medals. Um, and although you know there there is that carrot being dangled in front of players and managers, um, and it's incredibly difficult. I'm sure to look at the figures and 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 think to yourself, no, I'd rather stay uh, here. But I think there's a legacy element for for Ange. You can look at the the most that a club has ever paid for a manager is Graham Potter from Brighton to Chelsea. And you think, well, what's your legacy? What did you do? What did you do at Chelsea? What what did you win? Uh, where did you take the club? How did you leave them? And I think Ange Postacoglu, it's unfinished business. You know, in three, four years' time, it might be completely different and it might be time. There, there comes a natural point, doesn't there? There's a natural mm-hmm. a point where it is time for change, both for the manager and for the club. And I don't think we're anywhere near that at the moment. Um, and by the way, a 2-2 draw against St Mirren makes absolutely no difference to that. Um, I think Ange is looking at all the players that he has at his disposal. He's going to try and keep as many of them as sharp as possible for the cup final. And we look forward to that. Hopefully, if you're listening back to this, you met some of our uh, distributors today in and around Celtic Park. There was half a dozen of them wearing the canary yellow shamrock tracksuit tops. And I hope you were able to go up and say hello to them as well. We've been 800 live uh, uh, consistently for that post-match stream. Thank you all for getting involved. That's a huge commitment uh, from every single one of you. And thanks for getting involved in the comments. If you like what we do, give us a thumbs up, subscribe to the channel. If you want to come and see us live, we're with Jackie McNamara. Mary? Jackie McNamara. Um, uh, I was thinking Lou McCarry. I don't know why he came into my mind. Jackie McNamara uh, on Friday night. We're in Gracie's in Glasgow. Come along. There's a few tickets left and the link is underneath this video. Peter McGackie is the most uh, the most recent acquisition by Axon. And um, you've been on the show quite a few weeks now, Peter. I think it's uh, always an absolute pleasure when you come on to the show. So thanks for being part of the team. And uh, join us again at 12.30 on Monday for a Celtic State of Mind. Network.